Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson, glad to have you with me tonight No matter where you are um, we got a lot of several things to talk about tonight. Um, certainly some women's football, uh, college uh, playoffs, NFL. Um, a lot of games this weekend uh, happened. A lot of controversial stuff. A lot of injuries. Uh, so we got a lot to get to throughout the night. Uh, we've already got a caller waiting. We'll get to him there in just a few minutes. Um, we'll talk about some NFL football. Um, you know, it's it's less than four weeks away until the uh, Tri-Cities Thunder and the Knoxville Lightning um, women's football team square off in Nashville at the Nissan Titans Stadium. Uh, after the uh, Tennessee Titans and Indianapolis Colts play, um, it's going to be, if you haven't heard, it's, uh, it's going to be a big day, a big step for women's football. Uh, both of these organizations um, need to represent themselves and women's football in a professional manner. Um, I would like to um, announce that Sullivan East High, School Patriot cheerleaders are going to be making the trip and be on the sideline for the Tri-City Thunder. Um, we're really happy to, uh, to have had them. Uh, that was made possible from uh, by Wendy Sweeney and, and uh, the principal of the school, Andy Hare. Uh, he's an avid uh, sports fan. His, his boys play. His boy plays uh, basketball, and football. Uh, Traditionally, a good guy. He's actually they bought several tickets to come to the game himself. Even if the cheerleaders get to come, um, but they are coming. Um, they're they're really excited to get the opportunity, as as well as these uh, young ladies on on these two teams. So it's it's certainly going to be uh, a great day for sports in general, but for these two teams and, the, and these young ladies. Uh, they're going to be cheering on the sideline. Uh, may not ever get the opportunity um, again to accomplish something like that. So we're really excited about it. And you know, we we've been trying to prepare our girls for the you know the culture, the cultural shock of of this, just the whole atmosphere. I mean, a lot of I don't know. So there's probably some of these girls that have never even been to a, a football game outside of maybe playing in one. And to go, you know, even a college game, it, it's a great atmosphere, don't get me wrong. But, man, the stuff they do at a pro stadium, the things that happen there is, is really unreal. I mean, as we know, the NFL is worth billions of dollars. Uh, it's second to none the, the way they do things. That's why it's such a great experience um, to go go to these games. And and I can't tell you how excited. Uh, I just can't put words how excited we are to be a, a part of something uh, this big, uh, this great uh, for for all the people involved. And I, I'm hoping that the Knoxville Lightning are just as excited and taking it as serious as we are. Uh, but everybody don't understand and I hear I hear a lot of talk from from a lot of people and and it's it's such a a process. And you know, even when I talk to uh, 
lose here in a little bit. He, he may have never even heard of women's football. And when when you don't know how significant of an opportunity that this is uh, for these young ladies, not just on these two teams, but across the United States and other countries and, and all the above. Um, I know overseas they get to uh, – together uh, yeah, they got some sponsors and they do things a little different than, than here uh, because there's not so many teams uh, and it works out but for here in the states this is a golden opportunity and we are taking it as serious as just what it is as a major audition uh, for women's football for our team for the Knoxville team for for everybody that that's involved and and this opportunity may never happen again for, for anybody. Uh, who knows? So, you know, it's just not as simple as just picking a team saying, okay, we'll play them, we'll play that. It, it's a process, and, and it's down to the shoes we can wear, you know, the the, the way you have to get your equipment in. And and, and the, by the time we have to be in, I mean, people don't really – if we miss our deadline to get – our equipment in, then, then we can't play. I mean, we'll be, uh, you know, pretty much at the wire or whatever in. I hope they can get it in. I mean, that's how significant this is, you know, with the with the security the way it is, with all the things that are going around the country, security's higher than ever, and, and it, it's all a process. And that just goes back to the professionalism. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I like it. I wish everybody was that way. I wish everybody takes that serious. And when when you have people that don't, if, if you know they say, oh, they do this, they do that. I'm glad they do it. Hey, it makes you be accountable. That's one thing that has hurt women's football for years. People don't know they've been playing women's football for years. I myself didn't know it. So the seriousness and and the accountability of it is hasn't been there. That's to me, is why it hasn't grown. And there's some great teams out there. There's some great players out there. Um, but for all the ones that are not serious, they bring all that down. And all the ones that are not held hold themselves to higher standards or the teams don't hold anybody to higher standards, it brings everybody down. So they're making everybody accountable. And I'm talking from the coaches to the players to the cheerleaders to the staff. Everybody involved, every single person that's on our team has to be accountable. Every person that's going to be on the sideline from help. Uh, any part of our organization, they have to be listed. All their stuff has to be checked in as well, as well as the other team. And we have a time that we have to do ours. They have a time they have to do theirs. In to me, it, it's a great thing because this shows, hey, they're willing to go the extra mile. We have to be willing to go the extra mile. Now, I'm, I can only control what we do on our team, and and we are taking it as serious as just what it is. Uh, first and foremost, we're relishing the opportunity. We're we're working hard to, to be the best we can be at this early in the season. I know there's still going to be some rest factors. We have you know, usually start even practicing until that very day. Um, we've, we've got some new girls. Uh, we're trying to get everybody involved. I'm sure the Knoxville team is doing the same. With that being said, you have to rest things. You still have to speed up. You still have to be there. You have to know as as players, as owners, coaches, whatever part of that organization, you have to know what the store is. You're getting an opportunity that there was several teams, and I'm not going to say who they were, but there was several, several uh, teams wanted to be in this game, and it was a process. So when you know they were eliminated by whatever reason, and and none, some of them just you know they didn't get eliminated because they were bad teams or nothing, just maybe because they weren't in in the, this area. You know, mainly. The Knoxville team uh, was chosen more because they're in Tennessee. They are in a different league. Um, we both started our teams at the same time. Um, the the way their um, you know their mindset is, 
the way they control a lot of things is is why it was like that. It, it's this started quite a while back um, as to who was going to be in there. So I'm hoping they understand as well as what's in store for for them as long as just women's football what what it means to their organizations and uh, you know to make these good decisions and make sure their players make the good uh, and right decisions um, along that day in that stadium so this this is nothing but an audition I mean the last thing people you know we talked to a lot of people and we've talked to a lot of people and a lot of people are really really excited about the opportunity there's several people that have came and watched this play uh, that won't get to come down there because of how far it is. There's lots of people that are coming to this game that's never even seen us play and live five or ten miles from us. There's people that we've sold some tickets to or Jennifer has just yesterday that have never even heard about us and live in that area. So it, it's an audition, and to think that they're going to put uh, getting back to my people say, well, you know, is it going to be covered on on live TV? I don't know if the local channel or, or what might cover it. Naturally, you know, Tony Romo Field or uh, Jim Nance are not going to do the game. Who knows what may happen in the future, okay? But until they understand the Titans don't really know about women's football. And until they understand what goes on, what they're going to be expecting, you know, what's going to transpire, they're not going to go out on a limb and then be made to look like idiots. That's where it falls on us as owners, as coaches, as players, as the organization, whatever you want to call it, however you want to say it. That's where it falls on us to do the right things. And all I can say, folks, is it's less than a month away. Um, it, it's slowly approaching us. Uh, you know, I, I've been trying to get uh, these girls ready uh, for the cultural shock. You know, I just told some yesterday, hey, I want everybody to get there as early as possible to get some of these maybe jitters out of just being in this stadium, you know, as soon as you can get into the gate open, you can get close to the field where those players are, uh, walk around, check it out. Um, you know, naturally at a certain time we'll have to go to our seats and stuff. But maybe get some of that jitterness out to where we can go down there and, and continue to do business as, as we would no matter uh, where we play. So, it's it is just an audition. It's it's a big audition for women's football for these two teams for everybody that's involved. Um, and I hope that they they're taking it as serious um, as we are. We we really uh, are excited. I mean, so excited. I can't tell you, you know, uh, of what we put into this. And um, you know, some of our girls have really, really worked hard in, in making this happen. A lot of people that's involved in our organization has really worked hard to make this happen. That that is, you know, direct that doesn't play or doesn't have a kid that plays or anything else. So, you know, to them, I want to say thank you. I, I know you don't. I don't get to say thank you enough to them. Um, but there's there's a lot more goes into it than just us coaches showing up, working, and the players showing up and playing. So to all all of you people, I, I really want to say thank you. Um, and that is going to be on December the 30th. I'm sure I'll talk some more about it as we go, but that's going to be on December the 30th in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, if the game's going to start 15 or 20 minutes after the Titans and Colts get through playing. Uh, so it uh, should, should be a great game, should be um, a good matchup. Um, like I said, their organizations were started the same time ours was. Uh, Jennifer and their owner uh, actually played for the same team in Chattanooga before both uh, leaving there and starting their own team. So should be a great matchup and a great game. Um, also, the uh, the Hall of Fame game 
was played this past weekend in, in Las Vegas uh, for women's football. I'm not sure, you know, exactly what transpired, but I do know the West beat the East 7-0, to and uh sounds like it was a, a really good game as well. And that also was a great opportunity uh, for women's football and, uh, you know, and, and for all the women that have played uh, or that did play in that game. So uh, congratulations to all you uh, young ladies uh, that went out there to play. All right, let's get to Lou here. Let's see what uh, what Lou's got on his mind. Hey, Lou, Good you evening, Coach, and uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for calling. Appreciate you yeah. joining the fifth quarter. Yes, thanks. First time caller, but not to this service at all. So anyway, okay, as well, I mentioned in pregame, the um, you know, it looks like Washington has uh, now found something into a hole this thing after they can beat Philadelphia. And now with your top quarterback, I mean, you're going to rely on Sanchez to carry you through. Look, I've seen Chance, Sanchez play, and he is not your guy. Oh my! I mean, forget it. I'm surprised he was still yeah. in the league. Yeah, I heard uh, I, I was, I'm actually traveling and I listened to the game last night and uh, you know they the the well it was uh, Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner were uh, calling the game on Westwood One and I was listening to it and you know they were talking about him and then then here Mark Sanchez shows up and does what he does throw an interception. Of course. You know, it's unfortunate. Uh, it's unfortunate that the Washington. You know, they were leading that division when Alex Smith went down. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I thought with Colt uh, McCoy that they had a chance to continue um, yeah. to have a chance. Um, now, uh, you know, I believe Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner actually said last night, and I don't know if you got to hear that, and you probably didn't if you were watching the game. Um, they had actually – right. Well, they actually said they would go after Sam Bradford. If if the Washington Redskins were seriously thought they still had a chance uh, to make the playoffs and win the division, which they do, if you look at their schedule, they got the best opportunity – to, to win the, the last wild card, or maybe even that division still yet. Well, I don't know. Dallas looks pretty strong enough, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna take the division. I mean, I think the best well, to do is uh, a wild card for uh, the Redskins if they get their act together. Well, if you look at the schedule, the the schedule favors Washington uh, could possibly. If, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen. I mean, I heard today that they're like on their seventh and eighth string guards. You know, they've lost two. They've lost like six starting guards this year. Uh, a starting running back, two quarterbacks. I don't know how many receivers. Um, the injury bug has killed them. But when you look at their schedule going forward, the four remaining games are sure enough games that they can win. But keep this in mind, the Redskins are playing the Giants next week, and Sanchez has never, I repeat, never beaten the Giants. So this could be a bad Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not a fan of Sanchez at all, man. I, I thought that, yeah. uh, you know, when Rex Ryan uh, uh, messed all that money or, or whatever into getting for the Giants, I – I thought that was a bad decision, and uh, um, you know what? It just seems—I don't know—something about that UFC deal. They get all those quarterbacks from out there, and, and uh, most of them don't seem to pan out. You can say that again. I mean, our our acquisition uh, from the Jets, Darnold. Ugh. I mean, everybody was praising him for the first game he did, which had a good, good game, except for the first play. And then ever since then, he has been so inconsistent and even below mediocre uh, standards. I mean, he is, he is not our guy either. I know, first year, a lot of rookie mistakes, but they've been very, very costly. And have cost us the game on many occasions. Well, when I watched Sam Darnold play last year, um, I, I thought the guy made, uh, and I'd actually told Jennifer there, 
when we were watching the game and they was talking about how great he was and how um how high of a draft pick he was gonna be and stuff. And I thought he made terrible decisions back then. And for me yeah. personally, I I just didn't see it. Now I know those scouts get way more opportunities to get in there and watch these guys and break down all the film where I don't get to. But when I watch the games, and the game tape doesn't lie, and the guy just made terrible decisions and a lot of mistakes, and I see those uh, same mistakes and decisions carry over to to now. Yeah, I've seen. I saw Donald play a couple games last year, but I didn't think he was going to be the Jets' uh, savior. I mean, they overhyped him and. When you overhype somebody, they don't live up to the potential. And, you know, I mean, you know, players that come from the West Coast to New York don't do very well at all. They do horrible, especially if you're going to the Jets. They need to have a draft right. better. Well, tell me, what do you think about Adrian Peterson for the skins? Oh, yeah. I was never a big fan of Peterson, though. He's played pretty good considering um, for his age. Yeah. He, he's really come in and did a, a pretty good job. They're they're actually that turned out to be a pretty that. good sign for him. I'll give you that, but you know he's also he's also a bit of a troublemaker. Yeah, they they uh, I've heard several people say that you know he. He sort of separates the locker room, and, um, you know, for me, I, I don't like that kind of stuff. I know I, I would put up with that, but, you know, in the NFL, they seem to put up with a lot of stuff that, you know, I would put up with. Right. I mean, well, his reputation, you, you know, really has been brutal. Right. Well, tell me, I've heard, I've been listening to a lot of radio today, sports shows and stuff, as as I was driving down the road. What? Tell me what you think about uh, Jay Gruden. Go back to the broadcast booth. John, Jay, Jay, the the scamps coach, Jay Gruden. They're brothers. Yeah, he's just as bad as his brother. Well, I know there were several Redskin fans that called in today, and they were, uh, um, you know, saying that uh, he should be fired and uh, things along that nature. So I, I didn't know. Uh, are you? You are a Skins fan, right? Uh, no, my colleagues are, but uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of the uh, one of the rivals. Who, who are you a fan of? I'm a Cowboy fan. I've been a Cowboy fan since 1974. Oh, okay. Well, we actually, uh, one of our players on our women's football team and our coach, one of our coaches, they're actually both Dallas uh, fans, too. And uh, uh, they, they're, they're playing good. I, I'll be honest with you. They are, they're playing good, and I, I think that they're, Truly, the best team in that division, but they've got—I uh, think they—the the Eagles have the toughest schedule out of the three left because they go to Dallas this week, and then yeah. they have to play um, the Rams, and then they have to play New—no, they don't yeah. have to play New Orleans. Let's play Philly. Let's play the Skins again, and some and the Texans—they have to play the Texans, so. Philadelphia, if, if they here's the scenario today. I heard if Philadelphia would win out, they will win the division no matter what Dallas does. But they have to play Dallas. They have to play the Los Angeles Rams. They have to play the uh, Washington Redskins and the Houston Texans. That's the that's the Eagles' four yep. games left. I don't see them winning out. You don't you don't see Dallas winning out? Oh, I see Dallas winning out. I'm saying the Eagles. I don't see the Eagles ah. winning out. I think Dallas uh they sort of hit their stride right now. I think that they've got the the best opportunity to, to win that division. Yes. 
I mean, because two weeks, you know, think back to before November began. Dallas, it's, it's reversed. Philly was in the driver's seat, and so was Washington, and Dallas was pretty much almost left for dead. But look at what's happened now in the past four weeks. Now Dallas is in the driver's seat, and it looks like Washington could be on its way out. Philly, mm, shaky right now, depending on what they can do. I mean, last night's win against Washington, you know, it did um, make it make it a bit uh, closer now for them, but mm, got to watch these last few games. It's really touch and go right now in that division. Well, I, again, I, I I drive a truck and I listen to a lot of radio along the way, and I heard, right. um, you know, when they signed Amari Cooper, um, yeah. which I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Nick Saban, um, and uh, I thought the guy could play. And I'll I'll be honest, everybody kept saying he wasn't all that good, and I thought that he was going to be. Uh, a really good sign for him, and, cert- and he certainly turned out to be. Uh, listen, the, the one thing I know about football is this. I don't yes. care what league you play in. I don't care if it's peewee, if it's middle school, if it's women's college, high school pros, or what. If you're one-dimensional, you're in trouble. And exactly. When you can't when you can't stretch that field or with the opportunity with the chance, the threat of stretching that field, you're in serious trouble. And when they got Amari Cooper, that gives them that receiver. And every game I've watched that Dallas has played, that guy has really played good. And he's brought the the life back to Prescott, and and that's also helped Ezekiel Elliott get back on track because they're just not loading the box now. They have to play the slot. They have to play the wide receiver. Uh, they got some tight ends that are finally stepping up a little bit after Jason Witten left. So that's what's helped this whole Dallas thing to boot. And not only that, their defense, man, has, has stepped up and is really playing good. Yes. So I, I just when I heard the scenarios today, um, that, that all I know is this. I, I don't think Washington – to be honest, I don't think Washington will win another game. That's my opinion. I'm just saying wow. that the games they have left, the games they have left are teams they they could be. But listen, I don't have any faith in Mark Sanchez. I know no. somebody might, but I don't myself. Um, so uh, I don't. I think Dallas is going to win the division, and I think that uh, Minnesota is going to get the the one of the wild cards. All right, I'll buy, I'll buy that. So, I, that's sort of what I'm thinking. Well, Lou, man, hey, I appreciate you calling in. hope you call back again sometime. And, uh, I will. Uh, now tune into the, the show, and uh, we do it every Tuesday night, and uh, maybe next week we'll have some even better news about you Cowboys. Yeah. Like I said, I may be new to your show, but I am no stranger to Block Talk Radio. I've been a part of this uh, this group for almost three years. Well, man, we appreciate you listening. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, and I am and I am over the age of 40. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. All right, that was Lou from New Washington, Washington Dadskin, so um, there we go. Um, while we're on the NFL, I'm, I'm going to um, stay on here, and then I'll go to college here in a little bit. Man, the, ga- the games I, I watched, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, the – that I've got to watch, and I don't get to watch a lot. But the, and I know it's been a big topic all day, and it has been for a while. Uh, is this is this referee? And I know uh, every channel that I've heard today talk is is on on these refs and and how you can do it, how you can fix it. I mean, I personally personally seen the false start in the game against the Steelers and the Chargers. Um, and and I heard Bill Polian say earlier 
which I like Bill Poley, me and him going to disagree on this. He said clearly that, you know, that, and I agree, you've got to play to the whistle. But what he said was that false start didn't cost the Steelers a touchdown. There's where me and him disagree because here's the thing. On a false start, it's a dead ball play. So the play should have never happened. Okay? It was clear that the guy, the tackle, was moving early. He did it the whole game. That that was the thing. He did it the whole game. Every time they replayed a play, the guy was doing it the whole game. And they never even called it. No. Now, the what they're saying is there's no way, you know, how are you going to fix it, this, that, and other. Well, here, here's my only thing. And I, I agree that we can't replay every play. I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I I look at it this way. You know, you look in high school, there is no replay. There isn't, you know, you're lucky just to have decent rest out there, period. But if we go in as far as every turnover, they started to replay for what reason? Now, when you think about this, they started to replay because people make mistakes. They are, they are human. I agree with that. But they make mistakes sometimes because they're not maybe in the right place or uh, uh, or whatever the case. So they they do make mistakes. So what they said was, we don't want to let a turnover. They call a turnover on the field, and and it really was a dictate the game. Okay, so so I agree with that. Here here's my point. A regular, if, if that false start only indicated to a one-yard gain or a no-yard gain or an incomplete pass, then it was no harm, no foul. Being that was a touchdown, does that not is that not a play that dictated the game? At the time, if I remember correctly, the Steelers were winning thirteen to nothing. So, and I, I look, I. I know I'm just a small peon. I'm a nobody compared to all these guys. Bill Polin is a, a Hall of Fame GM, all that. He's been on this committee, officiate committee, all that. I, I get it. Okay, I, I understand. But here's the thing. That play, I clearly seen it on when they showed it. I mean, when you watch the guy jumped off outside, outside the whole game. So why wouldn't there be some way that a coach has his challenges? I'm going to say this. I'm not even saying you have to give him a bunch more. But why wouldn't he be able to challenge anything he wanted to with the challenges he has? Why does it have to be certain way? Well, they don't want you, you know, going against the rest. Well, they can challenge 12 people on the field. That's a missed call by the ref. So why can't we challenge this? Now, I heard all kinds of reasons why Bill Holland said we could, but um, I, I just myself, that was ridiculous. I seen the hit on Kamara. I seen the push off on the touchdown. I seen the, uh, the face mask. It was a non-call. So I don't know. Let's take a short commercial break here, and I'll, I'll finish uh Getting back to this and, and finish up on the uh, the rest of the hour here. One day, two epic games, 69,000 fans. The NFL's Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts and the USWFL's Tri-Cities Thunder versus Knoxville Lightning. This December 30th, your Tri-Cities Thunder will be the first women's football team to ever play in Tennessee Titans' Nissan Stadium. A small step for football, a giant leap for women everywhere. These women are changing the world one yard at a time. Just one $30 ticket will get you into both games. For more ticket information or to donate tickets to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, visit Tri-City Thunder Women's Football Team on Facebook or contact your favorite Thunder player. Get your tickets now. 
This is Danny Miranda, wide receiver, number 23 for the Tri-Cities Thunder. You're listening to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson on J.C. Hawk Sports Network. All right, folks. Here we go. Thanks to the Nimble Jays there, James Sweeney and Jessica Tweed for uh, doing our commercial and uh, Miss Danny Miranda for getting us back on here. Uh, Getting back, I'm going to move on from this referee thing. uh, Look, I'm, I'm... I'm old school. I, 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 hey, look, we, I feel like when we, we play by high school rules, I feel like that, uh, uh, we can, we only, we get towed by, by these refs all the time. Uh, there's no possible way to replay or anything else. And I, I say this, we play by high school rules. We use high school refs. We don't have near enough refs out there. They are up against it, and I, I agree. But a lot of this stuff is so obvious that you can see from the sidelines. I don't see how these guys miss. Now, in the NFL, you have a line judge on each side looking right straight down at that line. He's telling the other guy how many he's got over here on the line, how many they got to make sure it's not an illegal procedure. You're looking right down that line. There's no reason to miss that false start. Uh, I mean, we see them get petty with a lot of stuff that you can't even see until they show it in replay. And these guys are that good to see this stuff, and then all of a sudden you can't see false starts that bad? Something's got to be wrong. And, by the way, there was a red fire this year, and it was in a San Diego game, as a matter of fact, because of all he missed. So, I don't know uh, what the answer is. I know, you know, I, I've heard this talked about all day. Most of those guys that are NFL guys, uh, the GMs, players, coaches, whatever, they're against everything. But, you know, they say, you know, the guy still should have covered him as a blown coverage. I agree. Don't get me wrong. I agree. you got to play that whistle. But if if the call is made – it's a dead ball. That's my only point. It was a big play, and the you know momentum swing. Instead of it being third and long, it's a touchdown. So that's that's where I'm at. I don't know the answer. I just know that you know something has to be done somehow along the way. I know we can't challenge every play. The game's going forever. I mean it. It takes a long time. But if you want to get it right, and that's my whole point, if you're willing to make sure you get it right on something, why are we not willing to make sure we get it right all the time? That, that's my whole point. And I don't know that answer, uh, and I don't know that I ever will. Um, I talked a little, little bit here about the, the playoff scenario, and, you know, with the, the way it's looking, um, is you know Philadelphia has a tough schedule left. Their last four games are really brutal. Like I said, against Cowboys, Texans, the Rams, and the Redskins. Um, the Redskins play the Eagles, the Titans. Uh, I can't remember who else, but maybe the Giants um, and somebody else. Uh, all their games are limited. Man, they're down to a quarterback that was. For ten weeks has been at home watching. So, and a, and a, and a quarterback that I don't think my opinion was that good to begin with. And then you come in and throw him in an NFL game, which I can't imagine trying to play quarterback in. Um, that that's really tough. So, even though they're six and six, the Eagles are six and six, uh, the Seahawks are six and six, um, the. Uh, Minnesota six five and one. That tie they got against Green Bay is going to really uh, help them out. So that division is is totally up for grabs. Um, I don't think uh, I think the Saints they're going to win that division. Um, a lot of it's going to be if, if the Rams, you know, would lose another game, uh, they could uh, the the Saints win out. They could possibly be the number one seed. Um, I, I think personally that it, you know that that Seattle and uh, that Dallas is going to win that division. 
the birds are going into north, uh, the rams are going into the west, and the saints are going into south. Uh, the Seahawks and the and the Vikings are are going to be the Walkers. That's my opinion. Um, in the in the AFC, I think the Chargers or the the Chiefs are going to win the West. Um, I I do believe though, I, and I just I don't know. I think the the Chiefs might lose a game here. I, I'm not sure. If they will or not, but if they do, and the Patriots went out because the Patriots beat them, they could have that number one seed. Uh, that would loom large uh, for for New England. Either way, I think Chiefs are going in the West. The uh, uh, Patriots are going in the East. Um, I think the Texans are going to win the South, and. Uh, uh, who, who's in the north here? And, they, oh, uh, and the Steelers are right now, but I wouldn't. I'm not so sold on the Steelers. Uh, that tie is going to be uh, really. That's what's keeping them uh, right now at top of the leaderboard because Baltimore's right on their heels, and I think they might play each other again. I'm not sure. And as you don't know, uh, James Conner's out for the game this week against the Raiders, and then they come back and host the Patriots, and they said today he may be out for two games. So I'm not sure uh, that the, uh, who's going to win that that division. And then I think the Chargers are going to be the first um, wild card, and then and then it's going to be up for grabs. It could be the Raiders, it could be the Steelers, the Ravens, the Titans, uh, the Colts. All that going to be a big race for that. Uh, you know, all these teams that I just mentioned, they control their own destiny uh, down the stretch to to make the playoffs. I'm personally hoping that it comes down to somehow, some way for the Colts and the Titans to be battling it out. When we go down there on the 30th to watch that, I'd love to see a really, really great game that, that everything's at stake. Uh, to make the playoffs. So uh, that, that's the NFL playoff scenario right now. Another thing about this Kareem Hunt, I've heard several things about that. Um, you know, I, I don't agree with the guy, what he did whatsoever. I know he's a great player. Um, I say it every week. But these guys make so much money. Uh, they're put so high on a pedestal that they think they're untouchable. And, uh, as, as many men think, and I heard Terry Bradshaw say it and in my household as well, you don't put your hand on a, on a woman. Uh, what I seen him do uh, was totally unacceptable, and, and I would, as far as I'm concerned, he, he, he's done. You know, uh, the guy is a great player. And I did hear a guy call in uh, on a show last night talk about, oh, uh, they. They hit the Chiefs had the team, and his team didn't stick by him. He made a mistake, yeah, but they had the team, and they shouldn't break up the team because of mistake. I I stand behind. Not that I'm a fan of the Chiefs organization. I like Andy Reid. I love what Patrick Holmes is doing. I stand by the decision that they made. Uh, I did hear that the league is putting down more uh, – suspension implications or something on him or something else. So I don't know. Um, but I stand by what the Chiefs did. I, I'm not for that at all. I don't think there's uh, – you know, we got kids out here. Our, shoot, our girls. I mean, our team, they're looking so forward to going to the Titan Stadium, hopefully meet some of these players. We're putting all these players up there on this big pedestal to be idols and, and heroes and icons. And, and if there's what you, you want them to look up to, no. So I, I agree with what they did. Uh, the, the firing of Mike McCarthy, man, man, that's tough. I, I mean, I don't know. And I'm, you know, the one thing I'm going to say about this is everybody says him and Aaron Rodgers wasn't getting along. I don't know. And I don't know that. If you don't talk to him directly or Aaron Rodgers or maybe somebody around the team, I don't know that any of us know. All I can say is this. The guy has won a Super Bowl. The guy has won 75% of his games. Um, he don't all of a sudden forget how to coach. Now, the players you have 
you know. And and in my mind, when I, when I think about it, what I when you start giving these, I think you gotta be careful giving these coaches so much power of of being able to get rid of this player, sign this. But I think they should have an input. Don't get me wrong. I think they should be able to go and say, hey. We need this player. Now, when we need this player, that don't necessarily mean we need this exact player. Here's the kind of player we need. And then you have a list of players, and you say, yes, that guy could be. I, I agree. They need to be able to do it. But to be able to pull the trigger on a lot of these people, yes or no, I don't know. They're just a handful of coaches that have ever been able to do that. I'm not sure that that was part of it. Uh, they, they surely don't seem to have the players. I know this much, that the guy will get another job and probably immediately, and that job right there, if you're a head coach or an assistant coach and you don't have a job, that to me would be a great job to have. Um, you are arguably the, uh, the best or one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the game right now um, on that team with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy is so talented and unbelievable. Um, would be a, a great job to have. So, man, that, that's that's tough right there for him. I mean, not the one day, two epic games, sixty-nine thousand fans. The NFL's Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts and the USWFL's Tri-Cities Thunder versus Knoxville Lightning. This December 30th, your Tri-Cities Thunder will be the first women's football team to ever play in Tennessee Titans' Nissan Stadium. A small step for football, a giant leap for women everywhere. These women are changing the world one yard at a time. Just one $30 ticket will get you into both games. For more ticket information or to donate tickets to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, visit Tri-City Thunder Women's Football Team on Facebook or contact your favorite Thunder player. Get your tickets now. All right, folks, not sure what happened there, but um, we're back. Um, talking about this college playoffs. Um, like I said before, whatever happened here, I, I went talk with Coach Mike about it. I know a lot of people like Notre Dame. I, I just, I don't understand how, I mean, I understand Notre Dame's a major college and they're probably pretty good and all that. But when you have to play these conference championships and when you know that if you lose that conference championship game it's going to knock you out of the playoffs and then a team that's not even in a conference that really, I mean who did they play? I mean they beat Michigan early um, they beat, I don't, I'm not even sure either. they had to come from behind to beat Vanderbilt, I think. Uh, not that Vanderbilt's a bad team, but I mean, they're one of the lower tier teams of the SEC. Um, I, I'm not, I have mixed emotions about that. I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Um, I, I don't think um, they should be in there. But I'm, I'm going to say this is this goes back to last year. I'm, I, I remember me and Mike, Coach Mike Wallace talked about this then. Um, and I know that everybody thought the way they did it before, we need a playoff system. And I agree with the playoff system. But like we said last year, there needs to be more teams. And I'm going to say this, if they can't see that this year there needs to be more teams in it than more than ever, then there's something wrong with them. Because I, I would love to see it be like this. I would love to see it be a 16 playoff system. If you're the number one and two team, you get a bye. So that would mean that number three, Notre Dame, would play number six, Georgia. And I I would love to see that game because I believe Georgia would beat the brakes off of Notre Dame. And then Oklahoma 
would have to play Ohio State, okay? Then if Georgia wins, then they play the number one seed. If, if, if Notre Dame wins, then they play the number two seed. The highest, whatever. We get a true playoff system there. We truly get the best four teams, or the best, yes, the best four teams playing in those games. Because I, I firmly believe it, as bad as I don't like Ohio State, I think they would beat Oklahoma. I think Georgia would beat Notre Dame bad. I, I'm not saying that Oklahoma doesn't deserve to be in there. But I'm saying this, how do you leave Georgia out when they clearly were had a one loss? They had a brutal schedule. Had to lead on Alabama most of the game. Get beat by a touchdown. I, I just I'm I'm not a fan of that. Um I think, you know, at the very least I said it last year, there was a couple teams left out last year. I said it then. I'm I'm saying it again this year. Uh there needs to be um at least six teams, uh, the first two teams can get a bye, um, and then the other four play to see who plays those first two. I I think that would uh, really um, help help the situation out. Now, I, like I said, I know I'm a peon and and I'm I'm just a sports fan. I'm a realist. All this stuff happens, you know. It gets into well, you got to play this many games. Well, listen. You ask the team, I'll guarantee you this. You go ask Kirby Smart, hey, would you rather play one more game and make it in? If you win, you make that college playoffs. Are you just satisfied with meeting a championship, conference championship, to the best team in the country that you played almost even football till, till the last three or four minutes of the game? And I'll bet you Kirby Smart says, yes, you give me that opportunity. I'll bet you go to Urban Meyer, ask him the same thing. He says, yes, give me that opportunity. One more game, really. If it's that important, let's cut down on all the the easy games they get, like these games they schedule uh, by teams that are not even near superior to them. Uh, We cut some of that out. You know, I I just think the way – it is definitely better, I will say that. But when you can make it even better than that, why don't? That that's my whole point. And it's not that big of a deal. We get more you know, football. Hey, we got a football game college football game this week. We got the uh, Army and Navy game this week. We can be having two more games this week to decide who the other uh two teams are gonna play Alabama and Clinton. I and and if it's that big a deal by them having to play that many games, then cancel one of the the games that doesn't matter and out of conference game. I heard an, I heard a player that plays for the Titans today say that it, when he plays Alabama, they average playing 15 games uh, a year. So you know because they say you hit that rookie wall. Well, that rookie wall is. Uh, you know, you're making the 16 games they consider that being that rookie wall. So he said, hey, I played Alabama. I played 15 games anyway, you know. So I I don't see it as that big a deal. And I'll tell you, if you give those coaches, you ask those coaches, giving them that opportunity, they're going to tell you, yes, we would take playing an extra game to get into the playoffs. And I think, and truly, the four teams that were up for debate, there was no there was no doubt that Alabama and Clemson were number one and number two. But the debate was who was second and third. So you had you had uh, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Georgia. You had those four teams. How, how, what can be a better way than by them playing each other to see who gets in? It's just that simple. I, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm a realist, and I know they're going to throw out there and fly so many scenarios, why it can't work. But as a college football fan, as a football fan, period, and when I say that, I'm speaking for a lot of people that I know and that I've talked to. They agree. They say the same thing. They may not have the opportunity to say it, but they agree. 
that, hey, we could be, uh, you know, seeing the best four teams play versus saying, well, you know, we're just going to let Notre Dame in there. They played uh, 12 games or whatever. And and their schedule wasn't that tough, uh, I didn't think, to begin with. So um, I, I personally think it could be better. I know it's better than what it was, but I think it could be even better than what it is. And I think um, when you get to make something better, um, I, I think, you, you know, it should be there. And, again, this week or this this year, like last year, there was teams left out. People thought they should be in there. So it's two years in a row we're, we're talking about it like it should be, um, you know, there should be something done about it. Um, that's my thoughts on the playoffs in the college. Um, I did hear today also that uh, uh, the game, Ohio State, the the bowl game Ohio State's playing will be Urban Meyer's last game. He's officially retired for health reasons again, they said, permanently. But I did hear him say that, you know, that urge coach comes back and actually, you know, doing what he went back to Ohio State. So um, the offensive coordinator is going to get the job. Another coach, I heard that USC hired uh, Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator. I don't know what I don't know where Texas Tech is going to find a better coach than than that guy to uh, uh, to coach their team. He's one of the great offensive minds out there. I've said it for for years. I've told Jennifer maybe before she even knew who he was, or I didn't even really know about Patrick Mahomes, how good he did out there. But years ago, uh, well, for several years, I've not really followed their players, but for several years, I've been watching how good they play offense. Um, I wish the University of Tennessee would have gotten him um, with, with the kind of with the way the SEC can play defense, with the offensive mind that guy's got. Man, they, they could have really did some things. So um, I don't know who Texas Tech's going to get to replace him, but he he's a, a, a great coach. So uh, that's – I don't know. Uh, you know, it's easy. You know, when you don't – I mean, it's – you don't win, folks. It's all about winning. And I, I'm with them. I agree. Uh, you know, but like Texas Tech, man, you're not the number one state. You're not the number one team in the state of Texas. And there's a bunch of them. Then you're out there battling Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and TCU and, and Texas and, uh, I mean, Baylor and, and in Texas A&M, but then SEC. You know, you're you're battling to get all these players and to play with conference. I mean, there's so much so much uh, competition out there, and and the guys winning, um, you know, making the uh, mold games every year and producing players that are going to the NFL and have major impact. I just don't know where you're going to get better. I think the expectations for some of these programs uh, are are unreal. And uh, I know it's all about winning. Trust me, I'm all about winning myself. And maybe they get a guy that's better than him. And if they did, I'm be the first one to say, hey, I was wrong. They should have fired him and hired somebody else. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm not saying uh, you should never try to not better yourself because I believe that you should. And uh, so maybe maybe the uh, hate that he went to USC. I'm not a fan of USC at all. Um, they talked about him going to the Rams, but I was really hoping that uh, Tennessee would have gotten him and uh, maybe could have helped things out there. Um, well, with that being said, um, I want to thank J.C. Hawk Sports Network for uh, giving us this golden opportunity. Thank Lou from New Jersey calling in. Um, we always like callers. Uh, thanks James Sweeney, Jessica Tweed for giving us a commercial. Mr. Danny Miranda for helping us out. And uh, 
my wife Jennifer for doing the switchboard for us. Like, once a week, Jay's still taking care of her uh, sick mother, and uh, uh, be sure to keep all the uh, people that in your prayers that's having family problems. BJ, Jennifer, and uh, Tanya Jackson, they've all got some uh, people in their family that are ill, and uh, we want to uh, think about them and keep them in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, Till uh, next Tuesday, I want to thank you and we'll talk to you then.